You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my Guts, All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hi everyone, this is Annie for Showreel, a look at uh, things happening in the way of moving image in Australia. In the 1980s, as female sexuality was being redefined in magazines such as Clio and Cosmopolitan and women began to openly discuss female pleasure, a radical counterpart was launched in Sydney by Lisa, a queer woman, and her partner Francine, who transitions to Jasper. The magazine was Wicked Women and now there's to be a web series Director and writer Kate LaFoe and producer Hayley Adams have launched a crowdfunding campaign to start production of the first two episodes of Wicked Women, a dramatic web series chronicling the rise and rise of the magazine during the 80s. Being part of the modern era, the campaign is slick and to the point with direct appeal. Hi there, I'm Gina and I'm one of the writers on this series, Wicked Women. Wicked Women is about Australia's first lesbian erotica magazine and the love story that started it all. When Kate approached me about uh, writing for this series, immediately I was two hands up. I was so excited because I'm someone who benefited from having something like Wicked Women um, around when I came out in the early 90s. Everything about it, the imprint that it left on the community from its fashion, its style, its cheek, its sexiness, its kinkiness, all that sex positivity was all um, absolutely to my benefit. Wicked Women is a story that is about us. It's about our history and it's made for us. And most importantly, it's actually made by us. We are fundraising for the first two episodes of Wicked Women all donations are tax deductible and the first 10,000 will be matched by the Australian Cultural Fund. So please click on the link and help make this series happen. Thank you for your support. That was Gina Lambupopoulos calling for support for the soon-to-be-made Wicked Women web series. I spoke with the director and writer, Kate LaFoe, and producer Hayley Adams about the project. Now, Kate has won awards for direction, editing and sound for her films Somersault Pike and Plunge, which have screened at Academy-accredited festivals internationally, with several shorts being distributed online and DVD. She was awarded a Moreland Council Writer's Residency to develop Wicked Women. The producer, Hayley Adams, co-produced and co-directed Love Songs, the world's first narrative web series, for TikTok. The uh, Wicked Woman project is a great idea. Tell us about your film project. Oh, well, your um, eight-episode web series project. Brilliant. So um, our dramatic, <coughs> a dramatic web series follows um, 19-year-old Lisa 
and she moved to Sydney in the late 1980s, and she has a burning desire to express herself creatively. Um, she falls hard to her flatmate Francine, and their shared interest in Keith Leeson for publishing Australia's very first lesbian erotica magazine. However, giving female sexuality expression comes at a price, as these two pioneers struggle not to lose their personal truth amidst their fantasy. So this is really an inspirational Australian drama web series, and it celebrates Lisa and Francine, and Francine later transitions to be Jasper. Um, and they, you know, they're really LGBTIQ pioneers, and they, you know, they created so much more than the magazine. They created a cultural movement, um, they created parties, they created a community, and they really fought for sexual liberation um, and gender expression. It's it's um it, it is true, isn't it? That unless a film is made, then it didn't doesn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had it. Um, I grew up in Wollongong, which is about an hour and a half south of Sydney. Um, and I was only a teenager, so I wasn't out. I was a teenager in the nineties. So I was a bit too young to be going to any of the news wicked um, parties and things like that. Um, but you know, uh. I was certainly closeted as a teenager and, you know, I wish that I had have um, heard about these women and seen um, and seen these stories to kind of, you know, see myself better represented. Um, and so it was actually only, it was in 2017 that um, I was on a, a visit to the Australian Lesbian and Gay Archive as part of a Midsummer Artist project that I was in. And um, I went there and Nick Henderson had um, laid out all of this incredible material from the archives and they had all of the original magazines, some of them are handmade, and they also had, um, you know, Lisa just donated her art journal, so she had like all of her scribblings and things and, and ideas and inspiration from when she was at university. So I kind of saw those there and I thought, oh gosh, here are these amazing people doing amazing things, you know, here in Sydney, this is our Australian lesbian and trans history. And it's, uh, you know, it's so sad that uh, we don't know about it. And I feel like, you know, it could really um, empower a younger generation, but also, you know, really celebrate those times for the people that, that, was, that were present and that were part of that community. It also consolidates uh, that uh, history is always told from the uh, the mouths of the winners, as it were, and this rebalances, rejigs what history really was. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, there is a tendency that, you know, we tend to hear, we tend to hear the men's, we tend to hear the men's gay stories um, when we hear gay stories as well. So I think it's really important that, you know, we see more lesbian stories on screen and more trans, um, you know, better trans representation. Now you're you're doing this in collaboration with Jasper and Lisa, aren't you? That must have been an exciting experience. Um, it's been really wonderful, actually. So um, when I first um, saw Lisa's art journal, I um, reached out to her via email, and we started, um, you know, contacting each other um, that way and getting to know each other. And I've um, been to visit her um, several times, and you know, spent a couple of weeks there, really talking about her experiences and getting to know each other. And I've also visited um, Jasper as well. Um, and, you know, it's been really incredible to talk to them and hear their stories firsthand. Um, I've also been able to um, reach out to, you know, 
there are old friends and lovers as well, who some in Sydney, some in Melbourne, um, and you know, hear lots and lots of stories um, from that period of time. So, I mean, I could make a million episodes of um, of the fantastic stories that I've heard, but yeah, we're just gonna um, we're streamlining it and just telling um, a cool story over you know eight by ten minute episodes. Well, Hayley, you're the producer and uh, both of you won the um, yeah, Queer Screen pitch uh, for 2020. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we got to pitch remotely given the times of uh, COVID, but we entered yeah, the Queer Screen pitch off competition and they were looking for um, short films or pilot episodes of the series to pitch for pr- some um, production funding. So Kate and I were selected to pitch Wicked Women, which we think is like a really perfect story for Queer Screen and we'll get to um, screen later next year at Queer Screen as well in Sydney. So that was a really great experience to bring, you know, all the work we'd done and, you know, we've pitched the story many times now. So it was great practice uh, and bring that to an audience that is, you know, the perfect target audience and the demographic that we're, that we're you know, want to get on board for this series and get engaged so that was, yeah, really amazing opportunity. And, uh, yeah, we ended up winning, which was very exciting um, and means that we are going to be filming next year and um, screening at the festival at the end of next year as well. Oh, how exciting. And, of course, you're, you're running a crowdfunding um, supported by Creative Partnerships Australia. So tell us about that too so people can get on board and uh, help your project. Yeah, of course. So we're running crowdfunding for the production of the first two episodes. So this will enable us to yeah make two really high quality productions and and get the rest of the series hopefully made later with other film funding bodies. Um, so yeah, this is a fundraiser on yeah the Australian Cultural Fund and it means that uh, we are also getting um, ten uh, and the first ten thousand dollars we raise will be matched by the Match Lab project. So the project. The fundraising in combination with Queer Screen and the Australian Cultural Fund and Match Lab uh, means that this story really has the ability and the opportunity to go quite far. So we launched the fundraising campaign last week and have had some really great um, success and reach and we just passed um, 50%, which means that we um, still have a little while to go but have had some great starts. So, yeah, we're after... um, a $25,000 total for our fundraiser and we've raised 13 and a half. So, you know, it's still a little bit to go, um, 11 and a half, I believe. So we're really looking for additional people to come on who want to learn and support, learn about this story and support it and help us get the rest of the, you know, get these episodes made and um, so we can make the rest of the series. It's a dramatic series. So Kate, can you tell us about the script and, how you've refined it. How long will each episode be? Yep, certainly. So um, each episode is going to be um, ten, about 10 minutes long. Um, and it's been quite a process in refining it because, as you can imagine, you know, we've got, the, um, we've got such rich material working with Lisa and Jasper. And, um, and, you know, and that magazine ran from 1988 until um, 1995 as well. And so we can't... Um, and so we focus I guess on the earlier years so that um, so that it can be so that we're really capturing um, the start of their story um, and their and their love story so that's kind of been the central focus because um, it was kind of it's their 
It's because these two people just fell in love and were so passionate about each other and so supportive and so encouraging, which kind of became the this alchemy that led them to be able to, um, you know, start the magazine and support each other and to, you know, then create the parties and then, you know, eventually they kind of united um, a community in a way that the community was quite separate before. So they were really big on bringing, you know, gays and lesbians um, and trans people and, and kind of, you know, that everyone was, was welcome in the queer community. It would have been really brave of them in a political sense. And they are yeah. credited with challenging lesbian and trans identity, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, yeah, it would have been very um, difficult and they certainly face some, um, you know, animosity as you do when you look to change change things and challenge people's perceptions. Um, we're certainly, you know, coming off the back, I guess, of 70s feminism as well. And so it was kind of changing women's sexuality and, you know, encouraging them to be able to celebrate themselves and celebrate their um, bodies and accept them in a new in a new way. Certainly for Jasper as well, you know, Jasper um, was Francine when um, uh, when the two of them started their relationship and then eventually, you know, he realised that really he was Jasper and he wanted to transition and then he, he came out very publicly in the very early days of people, um, you know, transitioning and there was very little known about it. And, um, and he, he transitioned very publicly and, um, and the challenge of having everyone discuss your transition in your community, you know, I think, you know, Jasper was really brave in doing that and he, you know, he, he was questioned a lot, you know, how can you have a, um, a man as the lesbian, as the editor of a lesbian magazine, you know. Um, but he always thought that he was still the same person um, and that, that that ultimately didn't change who he was, um, I guess, on the inside. Um, and, you know, and then Jasper, um, he took the skills, I guess, that he'd learnt from creating Wicked Women and then he set out to create a trans community and started, you know, um, a, group, so a group called Boys Will Be Boys where people who were transitioning could get together and talk about what they were experiencing. The um, whole issue of genderism in Australia would have been so strong. It's still very strong now, uh, but they were groundbreakers. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think that that's why this story still carries um, so much relevance for today. That it is still something that we're discussing. And you know, 30 years ago, Jasper was writing articles about why do we need segregated bathrooms um, for men and women and things like that. And you know, we're still we're still talking about that, and we still haven't um, uh, resolved that issue to easier for everybody. Now you you said it was their love story that was the catalyst for their political action but it it must have been more than that because not everybody uh, acts overtly politically. I mean this was a very creative and uh, in your face approach to sexuality and gender. Uh, They are great contributors. Yeah, I think they um, they were really great contributors, and yes, both um, very creative and both very passionate. Um, and um, 
uh, I think maybe it was the support of each other in the love story that encouraged them to keep going. And, you know, they were pretty, they spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week together as well, Um, you know, whether it was like sitting there and cutting out all of the bits for the magazine or, um, you know, organising shows and things like that. Um, So, you know, I think that, that bound them together. Now, this, of course, is all pre-internet. Uh, um, yeah, certainly, you know, it was, I think, with the first issue of the magazine, they, um, you know, they handmade 100 copies. You know, so with the first issue of the magazine, they handmade 100 copies and then hand-delivered it to bookstores um, all over um, all over Sydney and, you know, leather stores and fetish stores and things like that. Um, and then eventually, and what would happen was is that one person might buy it and then they would pass it on to like eight or ten friends and then they'd get passed around the community as well. Um, and the way that people would then interact with the magazine was, you know, they, were, they had a P.O. box and, um, and people would write in their letters, you know, and they might get a letter two months after an edition came out or three months afterwards. Um, and, and kind of that was how, and then they would publish all of the letters in the magazine. So that was kind of, you know, how they were interacting. So they certainly got a good um, response from people in the, um, in the country as well who didn't have access to any nights and, and, and like women's nights and things like that as well. You're on Showreel with Annie on 3CR and we're in the middle of a conversation that I had with... Kate Lafoe and Hayley Adams about their upcoming project, a web series, Wicked Women. So they created a whole scene. It wasn't just the magazine. It was the um, parties that they ran as well. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it will be interesting to recreate that period of history. Uh, I mean, like, it's going to be interesting to... Uh, so the people that are going to work on the uh, the set dressing and the costuming and also getting your stars as well. It's going to be um, challenging but really fun to create some of those um, party scenes and, like, grungy warehouses where um, anything goes. Yeah, and we think that this story is obviously so important that um, it needs to be done right, which, you know, comes back to why we have gone out to, you know, find funding from Queer Screen and run our crowdfunding campaign as well is that, you know, there's elements of this story that um, deserve to be realised fully and, you know, making a web series is always a tight budget. So um, we're going to be as creative as we can, but we also want to have the support um, to bring those things to life, which is, yeah, why we are crowdfunding as well and um, looking for that extra support to really um, put it up and put it on properly. So tell me, have you got the actors in mind, and how did Jasper and Lisa uh, we don't feel have about any. <laughs> <laughs> we um we sort of started the casting process of you know um, brainstorming and and chatting about that. Um, we don't have anybody locked in, but it is a really yeah it's going to be an interesting and complicated process because obviously Lisa and Jasper um are involved and 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 would you know deserve and should have a bit of some input in there. So yeah, it will be you know, fascinating to sort of explore um, the best way to represent them. They were um, at the beginning of our story, you know, not not that old. Um, and that's, you know, definitely a part of your life that you can look back on and want to remember. So I think it's really crucial to get um, two leads to really carry the show for us because um, they're so important. And, yeah, we're, we're looking for um, 
queer LGBTQI plus um, actors to play those roles as well. We think that's really important um, to bring to the community and be part of the community as well. Yeah, well, that's a great opportunity. I was going to say, we're also really lucky to be working with um, Highway Casting um, uh, who are helping us cast the series. So we've been waiting for the green light for production, which once we got that from Queer Screen, Queer Screen, we um, we felt that we it was time and that we're ready we're ready to start it now. So we'll probably be looking to go into production in about May next year on the first two episodes. Oh, it's very exciting. Um, where will you pl- uh, play it once it's? Um, I mean, obviously it's for the internet, but how is it going to be um, distributed? Have you thought about that? Yeah. Um, so the first episode will premiere at Queer Screen next year, which will be an exciting way to launch the show. And um, we'll be filming the first two episodes early next year and then looking for further financing for the rest of the series. So um, we would love to put it on a platform that is um, accessible to people, you know, not just in Australia but all around the world, given the, the nature of the content. We think that it's something that a lot of people will really benefit from seeing. So we would love to put it out um on YouTube, most likely, but yeah, still, you know, things develop and you're still looking for opportunities and partners. Um, but we think that it should definitely be a platform that's um, internationally accessible. Uh, it's really um, an exciting project, actually. Um, <clears throat> do you uh, do you know if uh, there were comparable stories of this sort in other countries? You know, p- uh, uh, trailblazers like these two. Um, yeah, it's actually really interesting because um, uh, there's a project in the UK called Rebel Dyke and they're kind of looking um, at people, at women, at lesbians around the same period of time. And so it's kind of, it, it seems that it's the same thing that was happening here in Australia was also happening, you know, over in London um, at the same time. Um, and so uh, with the same sort of ideology and the same sort of um, challenges. Um, which was quite, you know, quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, world movement. A world movement for change. Mm, yeah, but without the internet, you know, so it was kind of happening in a different way. Well, it's just interesting to me because uh, the 80s, whenever they, the mainstream show you something about the, you know, epitome of the 80s, I, seem, I think to myself, well, that's definitely not the 80s I remember. <laughs> Yeah, I think it probably looks different to everybody at different times in different countries, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, they always show it without the politics and without the uh, um, the polemic. You know, it, it's always right. a very um, anemic animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I think it's certainly, you know, it's a very difficult challenge to, you know, play it out well on the screen as well like it needs to be quite nuanced because you know I guess in you know the changing culture there was a reason that you know the uh, the movement before it um, had uh, you know women had fought a lot in for the for the 70s movement and for the back of that that wave of feminism and so uh, you know in some of their Concerns, I guess, about the next wave of feminism were also, you know, you can see where they're coming from. So it's important to display. It's, it's, you know, so it's more important to represent that um, fairly and get both both points of view across. Well, good luck and thank you very much for talking to me. 
Thank you. It's been lovely. Thanks for having us on yeah. the show. Thank you so much. That's it for Showreel this week. You can follow what's happening with the Wicked Women series at Instagram or Facebook on at Wicked Women series, at being the Apersants, at Wicked Women series. And, of course, chip into the, the crowdfunding campaign on australianculturalfund.org.au forward slash projects forward slash wicked hyphen women forward slash. Until next week, tune in and keep safe.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.